Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Onward and Upward, a Kansas City podcast. I'm your host, Blake Rumsey, and today is April the 20th, 2019. For those of you who are new to the program, Onward and Upward is a city development podcast, which means that we look in depth at the latest in news on construction, infrastructure, business, economics, retail, any of those things that that make culture in the city, and also in, in anything related to cultural developments in the city that are in the form of a of a building, of a development of an area. So that is the purpose of this podcast, and it particularly regards the urban core in relation to midtown, downtown, and the areas just outside of those areas. So that is that is the uh, purpose of this program, and let's get right into it. We have a lot to talk about. First, we're going to head up north to the Buck O'Neill Bridge that spans the Missouri River into downtown from the the North Kansas City area. Buck O'Neill Bridge, as some of you may know, is in need of replacement. It's, uh, it's had some minor repairs done over the past year and a half. For those of you who had to sit through that traffic, you know what I'm talking about. And the problem with this is that the that MoDOT and the city and things have been come up short, at least sixty to or around sixty to seventy million dollars short on the funds needed, which the total cost is a hundred and ten million, and. According to officials, and this is from the, uh, reported from the Kansas City Star, according to officials from uh, from MoDOT, they they think that they can get the funds, and it's they're actually quite far along in the process of what they were doing, and they started early, so this is it's kind of a timing thing, but the the bridge is going. It may take longer to get the funds needed to get that done because part of the problem is. Missouri voters, especially uh, especially in the two cities, voted against the gas tax, and that has major consequences for all of us who uh, who want to see our infrastructure kept at a a nominal level. And as many of you know, who at least those of you who have been to Missouri know, we have we don't have the best roads. Our Bridges tend to not be the best and things, and that's or in disrepair and kind of falling apart, and that's because we just simply don't have the money as a state to fund that sort of thing. Now, that's not to say that I, I want personally a tax, another tax added to all the other junk I have to pay for, but this is something that is important and is vital to commerce, to moving back and forth logistics uh transit that sort of thing so this is a this is a fuel tax is something that is necessary in the long run now do i think other taxes should be either eliminated or drastically reduced you betcha that that's there's no excuse for a lot of the things we do have to pay for but but a fuel tax that would help fund the modot and and the and the city of Kansas City being able to maintain our stuff, and that and this goes for everybody in the state, 
would go a long way and would see things like the Buck O'Neill Bridge being able to be funded because, well, there's just no money in the budget for it for MoDOT. And, not, and that's not to mention, there we had floods just not that long ago. And, I mean, really are con- still going on up towards Maryville at the, nor- at the north end of the border, towards Nebra- the Nebraska-Iowa-Kansas-Missouri border area. Millions upon millions of do- dollars of roads were destroyed. And so that's... That's uh, that's that's taking top priority for them right now. So and that and that's a whole bunch of other money that they don't have either. So let's keep that in mind next time the fuel tax comes up and and or anything related to how are we going to pay for our roads and our bridges? Because for those of you who have ridden on, or been through the Buck O'Neill Bridge, you know it's not just that it's old. That's not what matters. What matters is is that the congestion that it causes. So, because you have to start and stop. You go onto that bridge, you go over, and if you want to get on I-70, then you have to, east or west, you have to go and take some uh, some side roads to get you there. Or if you want to get to I-35, you have to take another road that loops you around. And so it's just a giant cluster. So you have all these people, a bunch going to Johnson County, the others going to Lee Summit, Bannister Road and all that, and those trying to get out even farther east or farther west, and those trying to get into downtown, all vying for the same spot, for the same area of road, so to speak. And so that is not conducive for a uh, flow, uh, a, a reasonable flow. And, and we shouldn't have to have that, considering the size of city we have. So let's all hope this gets resolved soon. And we can see a new bridge put up. That And by the way, that bridge would connect it more in line with I-70, would put it more perpendicular, so to speak, across the river instead of straight into downtown. So that's what we're that's what's going on there. That's what that's what need, uh, I think needs to happen. And yeah, we'll we'll see what how this develops over the course of the year. But as we move southwards, let's, we're going to take a little stop in the river market and look at something that's completely different. And that is uh, a new restaurant has been announced for the River Market Square, or City Market Square, called Chicken Please. Uh, Now, I bring this up because I think it's interesting. For one, because it's the River Market, and two, because the owners own a business just two doors down from where this is going to be at, and that is the Taste of Brazil guys, Marco Rabello and Christian Maciel. They, They both decided to take the old City Market commissary space and started a chicken joint that does everything as, as some sort of dish pertaining. So they wanted to take their you know Brazilian backgrounds, so they which in this is a collaboration with their mothers, and their time spent as students at Park University, which is why they're in the states and in Kansas City, and to incorporate all those things American and otherwise Brazilian and fuse them together. So. They their their menu is gonna look like with things like chicken and waffles, pot pies, stroganoff, chicken tenders, nuggets, nachos, san- and even sandwiches. And on top of that, there's even some sort of a chicken and ice cream thing as a dessert thing. So we'll see what that looks like. But I'm if you've ever been to Taste of Brazil, their stuff's awesome. So I don't have any qualms about that and what that's what that's gonna taste like. It'll be good. So the expect that to roll out sometime around uh, mid to late May. That's uh, that's the, that's their expected opening time. So anyway, keep your eyes out. And if 
you know, if you love, if you're a foodie like myself and and want to see more cultural delights pop up, that's going to be a new one for you. Beginning this uh, beginning this summer, so we're going to trek down to the the downtown loop into specifically the area between the financial district and Parent Light at 13th and Grand. Uh, this was reported by Mr. David Johnson. He is the the one of the heads of the KCATA and Ride KC and all that stuff. He's he's a big wig over there and a big city development nerd like myself. And he put up on his Twitter just just this past week that the Palace Building, which is on the corner there, it's one of the older buildings downtown, late 1900, 1910, uh, is currently being renovated as a hotel, and which I have not really seen anything on. There's not been any news about it. No idea who the brand is, no, no idea about anything, but if you know what I'm talking about, it's on the northwest corner. It is across from the from the Stinson building, if you know what, that's the, one of the larger high-rises downtown. But it is currently not used, and it has like an old salon in the, in the bottom and stuff, so it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's completely underutilized, obviously, so this will add some life to it, and it'll, it's a beautiful building, it's, it's, as I said, it's a rather old, historic building, facades gorgeous, has these giant glass windows, and if the if it's the building I'm thinking it is, it's actually a. It was the f- it may if it's the building I'm thinking it is, it was the first of its kind to be built. It either in the whole country or at least west of the Mississippi. It, it's designed with steel and glass, so it's uh, it's it's beautiful and it'll be. I I can ima- only imagine it will be ten times better when it's finished. So. Anyway, that's something to keep an eye out for as far as construction goes in the downtown loop. But we're going to jump over to the other side, to the west of downtown, to the last of the large high-rises downtown to be renovated. And that is the Mark Twain Tower. It's at 11th and Baltimore, for those of you who are not familiar. But it's in the hotel-slash-garment district area, or library district. The Mark Twain Tower is is currently under, uh, having a fifty one point nine million dollar renovation done by the Bernstein Company, uh, which plans to open sometime in November twenty twenty, I believe, for for this project, or maybe it's twenty twenty one, something around there. But they uh, they just started construction on that deal. They've they're now renovating the inside and preparing it for. Uh, a me- medium range apartment, so not luxury like so many have been lately, but it's some a market that's not being filled, so that's good news. And it'll actually have some of the some of the nicer amenities of such a of such a a project. It is it, it has a almost an Olympic sized pool in the in the building, and also a I believe it's a two story ballroom. Huge, huge build, uh, huge amenities. It'll have all kinds of cool stuff like that. So that's and, and and it's an interesting project because Mark Twain Tower project, this one, has been going through development hell for several years, at, at least three and a half, if not four years, and of getting approval and getting the money in and all these things. And 
all kinds of things flowing through. But then, funny enough, the even the construction of the building, little history lesson for you, even the history, uh, the, the building itself when it was constructed, and this was in the post-World War, First World War era, so this is 1919, 1920, 1918, 1919 is when it started construction, but it, it went through all kinds of development hell as well, and it didn't get finished till 1923, and it should have taken half, you know, three three less years than that to finish it. So uh, so that's that's another one to keep an eye out for. It's going to be exciting. That that area is just blowing up. Every All the spaces are being filled. All those buildings are being renovated and turned into apartments or offices or whatever and hotels. So keep an eye out for the Mark Twain Tower buildup. And, you know, maybe if you can, when it's complete, go in and take a sneak peek at that pool because I've seen pictures and though it's in disrepair, it when it's restored, it'll be gorgeous. It's it's just amazing. So, from there, we're gonna jump over to uh, a new update for the Power and Light District, specifically what is now a parking lot that is going to be Three Light. Three Light has an update from the guys at KC Rag. One in particular, Mister Normal Things, has a update from some chaps he talked to at. Cordish. That is that the design team is at full speed on the project of getting this, getting the final renderings and everything completed, and that they plan still at the fourth quarter of this year to start building. And yeah, that's that's incredible news. And and on top of that, this and this is all comes in conjunction at the same time with a Casey Business Journal article that was published uh, just a few days ago that was talking about two lights leasing, and it was an interview with one of Cordish's spokespersons, I guess. And they talked about in it that two light is 96% leased. It, it actually went faster than two light, and it's, and it's faster than the national average or so for, for the specific thing. So it's, that's insane news. It's, it's been just at two years since they opened. And that's, Part of the reason why this is being this is all ramping up now is because they've reached their numbers because Cordish had a number set for how much had to be that two light or one light in any of these buildings have to be leased before they'll they'll start the process of getting the other one built. They so their numbers actually haven't been too bad as far as kind of projecting when things would get done, but nonetheless, here we are. So another another reason or another thing that might uh, that's worth noting about this project is is that apparently they're keeping in mind some of the designs uh, in regards to if the south side of the of the loop so i uh, six or 670 if it is capped or not if they if they decide to put that park on top of it as you know as some of you know that the city and business people and others and and a lot of us that live down here want that to be kept, kind of like how Dallas is downtown highway that trench that cuts through the town is capped as well. It's about three blocks, so it's about the same size. But they have theirs capped, and it's been it's been a nice it's it's an it's aesthetically and noise and everything. It's just better to have that. It's just it's it's great. So this this is this is going to happen at some point. It's just a matter of when and funds and all that stuff. So apparently, Cordis is trying to keep that in mind with their with Three Light because they have 
on their lower levels for because of regulations they can't have full balconies on the rooms they have to have Juliet balconies so which is weird because then you go up farther floors and I'm not sure the reason why but they can do it with that so the floors will be uh, potentially the lower floors will have full balconies if it's capped if it's not then it won't but we're assuming it will be, so this is this is how things are going to be. So that's that's the update for Three Light. Next, we're going to jump over to just a few blocks away, actually. For just a, I'm just going to blurb this out there. It's about the convention hotel that it's it is topped off, and currently the the apparatus, the the piece of the building that's going to hold the the sign in place for Lowe's, who's going to be managing the hotel for the city. Uh, the signage is going is the frame and everything is going up right now. Glass is being put in, and s- very soon those those cranes are going to come down. Crazy enough, and so so quickly. So, just that little update for you. Next, we're going to jump down to Southwest Boulevard, just a block south of Boulevard Brewing Company, to a new. Brewery, believe it or not, yet again, another brewery has opened. Something making out uh, alcoholic beverages has opened yet again. And it's called Alma Mater. Just opened up a few days ago on April 11th. And this is uh, this is owned by Mr. Nick Mater, uh, or Mater, I'm not sure which one, probably Nick Mater, but uh, a, a former employee of Boulevard. Uh, Nick is a veteran of the industry with Boulevard and then going to Denver and working for Crooked Stave and then also going to Seattle and working for Fremont Brewing Company. And he decided he wanted to do something uh, that, you know, of his own with his, use his knowledge in some way that, that uh, he could own his own business. And so he, uh, he wanted to come up with a, as a lot of people say, approachable brewing company that focuses primarily on things like Pilsners, pale ales, IPAs, and the and the like, and so he is he is hoping to bring a lot of new or some of that get into that excitement and that buildup that's been going on and the momentum we've seen with the brewing industry here in Kansas City. So he is has started that up, and I have not had any yet, but I look forward to going and checking it out. So if you want to find the specific address you can find it at 2635 southwest boulevard and and i and i'd also like to make a shout out to uh pete doolin at uh, feast magazine for putting this out there for us we we appreciate that that's that's where i got this source from and yeah so that's that's the next brewery alma mater check it out next we're going to make our way over to the other side of the crossroads, to the east crossroads specifically, to new project, that or a project that's new because it's being constructed right now as we speak, finally started, and that is the Artistry KC apartment project. So for those of you who are unaware, that's actually the name of a previous development project I've mentioned, and that is by Millhouse uh development company out of Indianapolis. They have finally started on Artistry KC. It's a 341-unit apartment building. It is, uh, it's, it's a two-block deal. It's going to be huge, and it's, I think, three phases. And 
it, it'll be huge. It's a very, very large project and is hopefully going to finish with all of its all of its phases in 2021. That's the plan. So it spans 19th to 20th Street, so north to south, and then east to west is Oak all the way to Cherry with Locust in between. So these parking lots were originally, uh, which is what they are, were originally owned by Children's Mercy, and then a a company was subsidized to sell it for them when Children's Mercy built its wanted to sell its land and built its parking garage up there on Hospital Hill. So Millhouse bought them and has been building now this luxury apartment. Or I guess it's even it's almost mid level because it's the prices are between nine to twelve hundred dollars. Well, one thousand two hundred eighty to be very precise. And yeah, this will be the first major apartment project in East the East Crossroads. And I mean, brings at least three hundred forty one people, which means more like probably five hundred people or more down there, and adds retail also to the to the north side of the of the buildings. Specifically, that closest to uh, that across the street from Brewery Imperial, which borders it to the north. So, that project is underway and will be really exciting. It'll be, it'll be great. They're they're turning one building that's on the property, this old industrial building of some kind, turning it into a like a community space for the residents. And so they're not going to completely tear everything down that's there because there's just this building and then the concrete parking lots and that sort of thing. So they're going to tear all that out, renovate that, build up around it on top of it, and then it'll be good to go. So Millhouse, Millhouse's Artistry KC. Keep an eye out for it. Now I have, uh, unfortunately, three closings to mention, uh, all consecutively, and they're all restaurants. First... To worth mentioning is that which is closest and right over it from where we were just talking about, and that's Union Hill. And that's the closing of Cafe Europa. Uh, Cafe Europa suddenly closed earlier this week, if not late last week, uh, with the sign on the door saying a new a new concept was going in. But uh, Cafe Europa is still around. It's still the, the original location is still down in Brookside, so don't. Don't uh, don't think it's all gone, uh, but Cafe Europa Two Union Hill branch is is gone. Um, they just weren't doing so hot, from what I've I've heard, and those that that space was having a lot of trouble with traffic and and things. And I'd even heard myself from people that there was a quality control issue. So a lot of things contributed to it. It's it's also not the best retail space the way that's designed because it's elevated away from the road. So. So unfortunately, Cafe Europa is gone. But there's all, and then with that being said, the next one is is actually in the crossroads, and that's Vildest, uh, the the Scandinavian street food joint that's in Parlor. It's the first tenant to uh, lose its lease and close down. And the owners put out that they had they had decided to close it, and uh, and they're the owners of Crockstrom Club. For those of you who are not aware. And on broad on Broadway, over in the Valentine neighborhood area, Hanover Place area. So, Vildest closed. They said that they're gonna instead they'll make they'll they'll add to uh, the hours of Crockstrom Club, make it a lunch spot as well as a dinner spot, and they'll have some of the more popular stuff that they have there at 
Crockstrom Club. So it's a it's a sad loss, but it's it, at least they get to have the they'll just move some of the stuff back over to their other spot, which. Crockstrom Club was was suffering over the winter. They had some serious problems keeping, uh, getting people to go there and things. Be, and who knows why? Whether it's the weather or, or whatever. But hope, uh, hopefully, this will add to their, to their, uh, to their pocketbook and increase increase sales. So, uh, the last one is the closing of the Sundry in Westport at Plexpod off of 39th Street. Yes. The Sundry, which had origi- was originally located for a couple of years in the crossroads off of uh, 17th and Baltimore, has closed. The, the location, uh, I have not seen exactly what the cause was, but it's believed that there were some issues with just it's it's just an odd place because you would think okay plex but oh cool you know they got that they're on top of a parking garage too you would think that that would increase stuff well i think a lot of people just forgot it was there because it's just kind of out of the way 39th is just is is busy with with faster moving cars and yeah it's it's sad but it seems like it was almost kind of a mistake leaving the crossroads in a way for them so no idea if they're going to move it again Supposedly, there's another concept going in there. Uh, who knows what that will be? But that's uh, that's that's the third place to to close down. So sad, but thus is life. So I have two more items here on the on our little tour of the of the this week's this week's news. And that is, we're gonna move ourselves down to. 4408 Madison. So that's that's over in Westport. It is on one of the busier thoroughfares on the between the plaza, like the west side of the plaza up into Westport. And that is uh, this little patch of dirt there next to a law office. And somebody over at Casey Rag had put out a piece of information that that a rumor that 4408 Madison was going to be made into a seven-story hotel. No news, no nothing, nothing. Not even Parcelview or had anything. And so everyone's been trying to get him to say, like, where'd you get your source from? And he hasn't replied yet. But that's that's the rumor mill that there's another hotel going in down there, which isn't too surprising because Hampton Inn either is finished or in a, or just about finished. Uh, just a few just a few doors down from there. So that's that's one piece from the rumor mill. And lastly is what's uh, what's going on just down the road from there on Bell, uh, a block away on Bellevue. So at 4711 Bellevue, there's a long set of parking garages and I believe a couple of small buildings that are vaca- vacated essentially. And... Uh, that there's been a project in the works there for about for about four or five years now almost, and that to to build a a an a apartment complex there of several hundred units that's uh, six to seven stories tall because it slopes downwards so it's about it's at the bottom levels the seventh floor upwards to the seventh or first to seventh at the north end. So on average, really, it's about six floors. But this project is 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 
pretty large and ambitious and uh, would add hundreds of new tenants or at least potential tenants to the plaza. And apparently that's finally back underway with plans submitted to the city by by its owners. And the architect changed from uh, to a company called Action Pact, which is apparently a primarily specializes in nursing homes or something along those lines, nursing villages or assisted care facilities. So their designs aren't bad looking or anything. It's just kind of strange. So that's, that's who's the architect on this. And the, uh, the, the name given for the project is called the Dylan as in D Y L A N, which is, it's just kind of a funny name. Usually you only see Dylan as somebody's uh, first name, but Anyway, that's that's the that's the name of the project and that's what's kind of going on. But outside of that, that's our news for this week. Next week should, is already lining up to be pretty busy, I think, to one degree or another. We got more and more stuff coming online and yeah, just stay tuned folks. Kansas City is the 2019 is just going to be is going to be better than all the other years and it's it just keeps getting better. This is Kansas City's renaissance. This is this is uh, uh the resurgence we've all been waiting for. So keep track, keep tight and remember this, know your city.